Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're going to be talking about Babylon 5, Season 3, Episodes 18 through 20, right? That's the episodes we're discussing today, so that's... I hope. Okay, so that's uh, Walkabout, <laughs> uh, Gray 17 is Missing, and The Rock Cried Out, No Hiding Place. So, Adam, why don't you get us started on Walkabout, which that's probably something that you know a thing or two about, so uh, let's... Uh, Let's begin there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, well, of course, the uh, the title plot goes with Franklin, who's uh, going on a walkabout around the station, just walking and walking until he finds himself. And uh, Lita comes come back to the station, you know, having learned that Kosh is dead now, and she's uh, trying to figure out what's going on there. And the other plot thread going on is... Uh, Sheridan wants to test their theory on uh, telepaths being able to stop shadow ships. So he's trying to organize an ambush on some shadow ships where they can uh, see if it will actually work. So why did you think of this episode? I enjoyed it. Um, again, we've had a lot of important stuff happening leading up to yeah. this. Um, <laughs> I, I guess what I liked was they they've been managing the flow between episodes fairly well so it's almost like when a band has a set list and this is the episode that i know it's not it's i mean the important stuff still is happening here but it's not like yeah. the stuff that was happening i forget exactly but there were where there was a slew of episodes recently where things are really building up and now i feel like we had a little more time to focus on mundane things um and to focus on regrouping efforts and strategizing and things that you just need in order to change the... There has to be, like... Uh, it can't all be one tone. You have to have a variety of tones. And so it can't just all be epic drama. You have to have things that, uh, um, you know, change the pace and mix up the mood a little bit. So this is like... Yeah. This is like the ballad between really heavy... <laughs> yeah, it's all about it's all about follow-through on other things. Follow-through about Kosh dying, follow-through about them finding that telepaths affect shadow ships, and follow-through on the Franklin plot, of course. So it's all... You're, you're right. It's like they're not, they're not giving you any huge revelations in this one. It's all just fallout from things that have happened now, before now i had some thoughts on this episode some of which turned out to be true i think and i'm not gonna we don't want to spoil it because i got way ahead of myself here i'm, I'm <laughs> I, I i ended up watching up through episode four of season four because i was so engrossed at the story at this point but i'm not going to spoil that stuff but i had some thoughts and i think some of them kind of panned out some of them totally didn't the first was that red-eyed vorlon that was um <laughs> that, that was a. uh that made me nervous the moment I saw it because I, I immediately thought, oh, well, you know, red is not a good color in science fiction usually. Um, <laughs> so uh, and also something about that Vorlon seemed a little off. But I also thought that a love triangle was forming between. Um, uh, 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 oh, God, I can't. I'm, I'm uh, Lita Alexander and uh, mm -hmm. and 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 Delenn and um, and Sheridan. Like I, I, I thought I I got the sense that that Lita Alexander might be falling for Sheridan. And there was that whole thing where Delenn had the vision with the snow globe. And, 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 and ah. I've seen, I've seen ahead, so I kind of know where it goes, but I, I, I thought that that, you know, one of my, one of my assumptions, is, Oh, maybe that's, maybe that's Lita. Um, so those were my predictions that emerged during the episode. I think at the point where I'm at, I know which one of them is more accurate than the other. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff is still coming down the pike, so maybe I'll still be proven correct, but I don't think so on one of them. Um, 
And I like yeah. the thing about the Swedish meatballs and Bream. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a good, a weird little touch there. Yeah, I enjoyed that as well. well. Because, so I, I think I know what they were saying, because I think one one thing that every culture, for the most part, there's, there's, there's obviously probably cultures that don't, but one thing I've seen from different cuisines is everybody does seem to have sort of a processed sausage type food or a processed meatball type food. And so I think yeah. that's what they were playing it on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. People people just love processed meat, and I guess aliens do too. It only makes sense. Personally, but, I would have gone with bologna instead of Swedish meatball, but I, I, I think I still got uh, that. I don't know. I got <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the uh, but yeah, my 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 observation though during this episode, well, not an observation, just so much as a a weird misconstrued thing that I had during this episode was uh, when. Garibaldi tracks down Franklin and they stop to talk and sit down. It's uh, Franklin reaches into his backpack and pulls out a tangerine to give to Garibaldi. And for a second, I thought he was giving Garibaldi a gloppet egg. So, okay. I, so. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to, I, I thought it might be like a Godfather thing where the orange signifies somebody, you know, and, and Sheridan's got the yeah. whole thing with oranges. No, um, no, nothing deep and symbolic. I, just me going, whoa, is he carrying well, because oranges around have been with a, him? Well, well, here's the thing. Oranges have been referenced before. And so I was, uh, I, by the way, I had a Sheridan moment with oranges. He's got like this fixation on them. We had mm. no Cara Cara or sun-kissed oranges on the North Shore for months and months and months. For some reason, I don't know why, every supermarket I went to, they didn't. And, I, and that's like the only, you know, I, I like Cara Cara oranges. And so after like, a super long time not having them. I finally had some, and I I feel like I appreciated his uh, you know, <laughs> his you know yeah. his being without an orange and finally having one. Um, but what did you think of the walkabout stuff? What was how did that work for you? Just because I mean I mean I, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but I mean obviously you have some knowledge of Australia, so I thought that was uh, connected to. Yeah, well, I mean that the walkabout stuff. I guess you know. I mean. I mean, that's, that's an know, Australian Aborigine thing, right? That's what they were... It's an Australian Aborigine thing. So, you know, I'm not, not too fluent in Australian Aboriginal <laughs> practices. But, uh, yeah, it's a real thing. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's somewhat adopted by Australian culture in the standpoint that you're, you're kind of almost expected to travel if you're an Australian. It's like, you know, when you, when you get done with high school and it's like you, you should... Go out, go out somewhere, go to another country. It's just, okay. it's just pretty normal. So I mean, that's I don't know, that's the more mainstream yeah, version of it. Because I remember it from Crocodile Dundee. I remember him mentioning walkabout at one point. And yeah. I remember th what I was thinking was, I feel like th there was this period in America where we had like all this Australian sort of like beginning with like Mad Max and then Crocodile, like Crocodile Dundee and a couple of other things. It felt like we had a uh, a, a, a spate of of Australian pop culture moments, and they and so a lot of these things from Australia were really resonating up through the '90s. But I'm wondering if walkabout, like I remember, because I remember hearing the term thrown around. But I'm wondering if if a if like an 18 year old were to watch this today in America, if if the term would still be. Do you know what I mean? That's that's a good question. Yeah, I mean it's a term I know, so I, I couldn't tell you what the average American would make of it. But uh, I mean, of course, they do explain the term. Yeah, on, yeah. In the episodes, so they give you the context. But like, I knew but, very like right away. I was like, oh, the crocodile Dundee thing. Like, you know, like I knew like it's a silly point of comparison, but I had like something to sort of draw <laughs> on. 
Um, but yeah, I'm finding the Franklin stuff works better for me now than it did when it was televised from the standpoint that back back when I had no idea what was going to happen on the show and you had to wait, you know, once a week for the show when a season ended, you had to wait half a year for more episodes. Mm-hmm. Every moment of Franklin's plot was like, why are we wasting yeah. time on this? I want more of the real story. It, but, you know, now I've got all the story. It, I, I can, I can, I can, you know, enjoy it, but yeah, I it's mean, not, it's not my favorite part, but it's fine. I'm conflicted on it in certain, like, I like it to, you know, I, I think he does a very good job in the role, um, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like it's one of those roles where you're kind of sort of supposed to be a little bit mad at the character for some of his decisions. And so, you know, he's kind of going on this personal journey at a time when things are really going to hell. Yeah. It's like, do you really have time for that? But like, it, again, that's the character. So um and also well, I, think... I it, it does start forming a very interesting contrast because you do kind of need to see regular life on babylon 5 as these epic things are forming i think that's i think that's I think the function that's the yeah, yeah i know if they want you it's, like, it's kind of like he wanted to keep some kind of personal level to the show so it didn't spiral too much out into epicness and kind of lose touch but uh yeah and that's right this is the episode where he meets the meets the uh the singer too, isn't it? I was thinking that yeah, was the next episode. Wasn't she from episode, Fame, this... by the way? That lady, the actress. Ah, uh, she looked her. really familiar. I meant to look her up because, yeah, she is. Like I've seen her and stuff before. She's. I definitely like. Like they cast her for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Like I could. Like I. I felt like she was there for a reason. Um, yeah, yeah, she seems... And she could sing. Like she wasn't. Just, like I think that was her. <laughs> she was good. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. It was. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not. A big fan of, of musical numbers in my Babylon Five, but they were they were good musical numbers. But um, but yeah, but I thought this was a fine episode. I mean, again, it was it comes on the heels of a lot of very uh, significant things. And I guess is this the episode where they talked about how they're going to fake that Kosh died, or was that already dealt with in a previous episode? Uh, I was dealt in a previous okay. episode. Yeah, we actually talked about that in the last podcast. And, and the whole thing with uh, with the telepath, I thought that was interesting because they got information, and they have they have like they have an ace now, but it's not like a super ace. It's not like it's not like these telepaths are the key to that can just wipe out the shadows. Do you know what I mean? Like they still, it's still a struggle. Like you know, something weird happened when they tried to to use it the first time, and it wasn't. It was a little harrowing. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that that was a that was a good scene, and of course, uh, you know, Chikara has to get shamed into uh, into showing up, but he brings extra friends, so he makes up for it. And uh, but yeah, it was uh, that I, I it, it, it that 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 part of the show plays well. By the way, yeah, she is from Fame. She was okay. Coco Hernandez on Fame, and she was also on. ER and Veronica Mars. So okay. I don't know those as well, but I remember Fame from when I was a kid. Um, so if that's the same Fame that I'm thinking of, um, it's I know, the same I know that Fame. They made you're different... Okay. Well, um, you're, yeah, I, I um, think so. The uh, TV show you're talking about, yeah, not the yeah. The TV <laughs> show. Uh, so okay, so why don't we go on to episode 19 then? Unless you have any other thoughts on that episode, I don't want to. I don't need to go into a big digression on fame, so I think we can move on to okay. Grade 17 is Missing. Okay, so why don't you... This one was... I, 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 I Well, let's, let's go, and then I'll, I'll give my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a... This is this is an odd one. It's got the uh, the weird missing floor <laughs> on uh, Babylon 5 that Garibaldi's uh, investigating. And it also deals with the fallout of Sinclair having 
effectively disappeared now, and uh, Delenn mm-hmm. gets asked to take over leadership of the Rangers. So uh, those are the two threads, and, and uh, the Warrior cast is not happy about it. So what did you think of this one? So, so number one, I, I suspect this might be one of those episodes not everybody likes. I, yeah. I suspect. <laughs> this um, is a, a, um, a widely disliked episode. But... I did enjoy it, and and I it's it's not it's not like I was enthralled the way I was with that arc leading up to the big battle, but yeah. it felt like again it's the stuff that's like idiosyncratic about the show that is like just get it <laughs> like I I can see the VHS tapes on my shelf from that period of time, and I'm like remembering like. Like now it looks really weird because like Robert Englund shows up. Yes, I know, like, I know. And, and 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 it seems really strange today to be like, why is Freddy Krueger on Babylon Five? But at the time, it, I understand why they made that choice. And I, and I understand <laughs> it what they were going sense for. to us back then. But actually, I forgot he was in this episode. To be honest, I was like, whoa, Robert Englund. So what yeah. was weird about this episode were the two threads couldn't have been more polar opposite in how they mm-hmm. felt. Like, like the thread with Delenn's leadership role and taking over, that's really important stuff. She's becoming the leader of the Rangers, and Naroon is pissed at her. He like, he, he's going to go and he's going to kill her personally. And and I kind of like the way that the Mimbari do this. They'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll try to start a war by violating some sacred taboo or getting somebody <laughs> to do it. I, 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 I don't know. I... I, I, I I, I, I like that thread, but it couldn't have been more different than the the freaks on Gray 17 thread, which was it was so yeah. bizarre and so hammy. And so, like, <laughs> you know, there was this cult there that they believe that you have to achieve like a pure state of mind before you can go. Like they're tr- they're basically trying to rejoin with Brahma, I think. Like that's kind yeah, of what's basically. going on here. Um, <laughs> but but they're doing it. They're doing it through Robert Englund is, you know, and, and it's got it's got the vibe of like carnival meets meets child's play. Do you know what I mean? There's like there is a really weird vibe. It's not like I've been imagining all kinds of things on 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 Gray 17 and they've been and they've been pla- they've been planting that seed of something going on on the ship in this zone for a long time. Yeah, I did not. Ima- I did. I mean. It's almost like it's almost like they just pulled Candyman off the shelf and put. We're just gonna put Candyman in there. Like that's like yeah. you know what I mean. Like like some kind of whatever whatever horror stuff was going on at the time. That's what ended up occupying that space. Um, yeah. And it's, and, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say yeah. I, this is another one that played better for me now than it did then. Once again, when I was when I was in my early twenties watching this on TV and in precious once a week doses and i knew the end of the season was near i was like why are we wasting time on this i was just like furious at the tv and now it's like yeah it's it's weird and goofy and i kind of enjoy it but and also this is a performance i didn't know robert angle like you know (laughs) he's a certain kind of actor right like this is like like it looks a little bit silly that the way he could, but because he was really committing to sort of the, he was going full Robert England in, in, yeah. in, in that character, but there's something delightful about it and fun. Like he's having fun in the role and, and there's a little bit of a wink to the audience. Like you're, you're supposed to see, Oh, there's the a fact. big wink. Yeah. You're supposed yeah. to know that this is Robert England playing a character. And so I enjoyed that. I, I, you know, maybe because I, I was a horror movie fan and, and I liked crappy horror movies as a kid. And so, you know, but I, I enjoyed it. And, and, and Den, I liked the whole idea of Den Shah. I liked, 
I liked Naroon and uh, Marcus having their confrontation and having an understanding. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. You know, I it, it, it's a, again, it's a little bit cheesy, but I thought I thought that it was it was it was fine. It worked. It uh, it definitely it definitely was uh, uh, I don't know. It was it was a good way to resolve that that problem in in you know with the Mimbari. Naroon's an interesting character because he. He's the kind of character where people can reach an understanding with him, but he remains an adversary at the same adversary at the same time. It's uh, it's just it's just you know he, so he he you know he's not a character. We've kind of been through similar situations in the past with him, but it's it stays convincing because he is the same guy. He doesn't change. He can just you know kind of like oh, okay, I, I get where you're coming from. You know he yeah. he he, gen- he genuinely he genuinely was concerned about her motivations, you know. So it's like it's not like he was trying to make a power play specifically as much as thinking she was. But well, and, and it's a reasonable conclusion. And in a way, she is making a power play, even if she doesn't think she's making a power play. Well, she play. is, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, she, you she know, is. I mean, she could become ruler of the Mimbari pretty easily. When they, the ruler <laughs> of more than the Mimbari, actually. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, but I, 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 I think they've mentioned Den Shah before, but it really kind of burned in my brain this time. Like this, if, 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 if this is, you know, not the first time I've heard it, um, and also a Zarg. We had a Zarg on the... A uh, Zarg, yeah. Um, Which was scarier when they were talking about than it was yeah, when you actually it, saw it. It was, but again, <laughs> you know, bad horror. Um, yeah. You know, my, my note for this is this is a very strange but interesting episode. I, I think that sort of, yeah. you know, it, I liked it. Again, it, it wouldn't be, I would not be like, oh, God, you've got to watch this episode, you know, to understand Babylon 5. I, I would warn people before this episode comes up, in fact, if I were trying, you know what I mean? But yeah, I, I think I think it's I, I, I thought it was a fun episode. I thought it was fun. And and again, there's so much. So here's the thing about the show. There's so much like really significant, important, terrible things going on. Occasionally you need this. Like occasionally you need or at least I did. I need these sort of excursions occasionally into <laughs> into into some silly territory. Yeah. Um, and also you need to be I need to be reminded occasionally of what Garibaldi's capabilities are, or what Marcus's capabilities are. There, there was still growth of this and a very significant plot point happened. Delenn took control of the Rangers, which I think is 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 important. Um, that is so. a big deal. Yeah. And uh, and it's, it's also, you know, I mean, it, you know, Garibaldi, too, he makes a good straight man. I mean, this was a good role for him. You know, he's just he's he puts him in a situation where he has to deal with someone completely ridiculous, which is a strength of and- his. And he had a really believable fake out where where he where he's like, oh, ever since he used that tranquilizer, I've been having pain like cramps. It was, you know, it wasn't pains in my chest. It wasn't anything obvious. It was the right thing to say to, to mislead them. And and also I, I kind of liked the call. Like, I don't know, I, you know, maybe it was just because of Robert England, but I liked that the guy was like genuinely trying to help him. You know, I like that, and, too. That was a nice touch. Because at first you thought, oh, they murdered this guy. And then you realize, no, it's this Zarg that they have down there that murdered the guy that got that went missing. And they're not murderers. Yeah. They're just a crazy cult that have weird beliefs, but they're not about to kill anybody. Um, so uh, or at least I don't think so. So uh, he, I don't think they resolved what happened with them, though, did they? They, they 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 skip over the end of the story and jump to him talking to Sheridan about it and yeah and I kind of like the you know it's it, it it's once again I think it's kind of a case where there's kind of a meta 
commentary during a conversation because the captain's like, where were you all this time? You know, Glenn became head of the Rangers and we had this huge security risk and where were you? And when he's, and he's off, it's like, oh, he's off having this goofy side plot. It's almost like Sharon's, Sharon's as angry as the audience about it. It's like, yeah. what were you doing when all this serious yeah. stuff was happening? Exactly. <laughs> so, so we should move on to the next one, which is um, yes. episode 20, uh, and The Rock Cried No Hiding Place, which is a very odd title uh, until you get to the end and you realize uh, <laughs> oh. what's going on. Um, and so this is also, I think, is this the first episode where they're doing the Z minus? Z minus 14 days flashes at the beginning yep. of the uh, episode. Yep. yep. I was going to bring that up. Yep. So, um, so, okay, why don't you give the the rundown of the plot and then I, I, I definitely have thoughts. Yeah, well, this is uh, the, the big thread running in this one is uh, um, the uh, prime minister of the Centauri and Rifa have both shown up at Babylon 5 because the emperor is not happy about, you know, having two of his great houses feuding with each other all the time and trying to poison each other and all that nonsense. And he wants it to stop. And so uh, Londo you know, makes his play that he's going to make some big power play that's going to settle it once and for all. It should be settled through deeds, not words, is the way he puts it. And uh, and it's a, it's a big convoluted plot that uh, pulls Chikar in bo- on board, too. But yeah, what did you think of this one? I, I thought this was a brilliant episode. I, I really liked this one. Um, I liked yeah. it for so many reasons. But the real the, the main thing about it that made it good is that double fake that Londo is doing. That yes. I, de- I the only I, I only caught on when they captured Veer, and then I was like, oh oh I get it. I get what Londo's. I think I know what Londo's like. I didn't know exactly, but I was like, oh he wants them to know. He wants them to know that. And and it was cool because number one, it's a double fake out in terms of Londo being smart and Londo's shown he, he's got the, this kind of, he, he's got this kind of tactical thinking, but also for the audience in Londo where you're still kind of trying to figure out where is Londo exactly. And like, and yeah. all of it hinges on his relationship with Shakar. That's really the thing. Like that's the thing that I'm measuring his, 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 his redemption or his fall from is how he treat <laughs> how badly he's willing to treat Jakar. And so in this one, it looks like he's going to send Jakar to his death. You know, he wants him to get, he's going to have him captured and executed on Narn. And he's really just setting up Rifa to, to, to go there and hog the personal glory. And then, and then he turns it on him and Jakar has been in on it the whole time. And it's a, it's a really beautiful fake out. And the ending is one of the most bizarre endings the show's had, I think, up to this point. And it's before you... I don't. I mean, I know in the 90s you did start to get really weird selections of music over things, but I don't. Yeah. I feel like this is pretty early for this kind of a thing to show up in a TV show. Yeah, it was. It was pretty weird at the time. But, uh, yeah, as far as the fake-out, too, though, but, uh, you know, going... Having... As I knew what was going to happen in this episode, something I, I was unaware of the first time is when... Uh, Londo and Veer come out of the prime minister's, you know, room and they're talking in the hallway, you know, and there's the two guards in the background of the shot and Londo, like every now and then is kind of glancing at this guard, you know, mm. and like, is he listening? Is he listening? And then, you know, as they walk away, they, they show that guard quickly walking off to go tell Rifa about it. But it's like Londo, Londo very carefully <laughs> had that conversation in the hallway in front of that guard to tip Rifa off. Well, what's so. funny is I completely missed that. I thought that they were just being sloppy having him. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, 
we're 10 feet yeah. away from the guard. He can't possibly hear us kind of a thing. And uh, No, if uh, you watch Londo in that episode, he's kind of like, you know, got you know that one eye over his shoulder at that guard. Okay, but but it was real. It was a really good episode, I thought, and it was and it was nice. It was a nice way to wrap up the Rifa thing. The only the only problem with it really is Londo didn't need the shadows for this, right? And that was his whole thing with uh, with Morden was he was saying, "I want my revenge," and so he got his revenge I, without the shadows help as far as I could tell, unless there's a detail I missed or unless we're supposed to assume they were involved. Well, I think, I think to an extent, I don't know. My feeling on Londo this season is part of, part of the reason he acts the way he, he does is because he wants to stay. He wants, he wants to maintain enough power to be able to have some say in things. You know, it's like if he, if he decided to totally redeem himself and be a good guy again, he couldn't potentially have, any power at all in Centauri mm. politics, which let things spiral out of control. So I get the feeling that Londo is like, okay, the shadows are going to have somebody on okay. Centauri Prime. You know, if, if I turn them down again, you know, yeah, they're not going to deal with Rifa, but they're they're going to go to somebody else. So he's like, mm. if somebody, you know, if if I'm their puppet, at least I have some ability to. That, that's that's my reading. I don't. I can't say for certain or not that. You know, it's just it's a dangerous game to be playing either way. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of suspect that. But who knows? Who knows what's going on in Londo's head? It's part of the part of the fun of the show is you're never quite sure what Londo is thinking. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. And that and, and I got to say, I'm four, I'm four episodes into the next season and that is playing out so wonderfully. Like uh, this show is go, I really like the show. I can't mm-hmm. I can't emphasize enough how, how much this keeps surprising me and keeps expanding my definition of what a good quality Babylon 5 episode is, which I think yeah. is a sign of like really good. Because if you're like I, I and I think I think I could almost kind of sense you rolling your eyes a little bit in season one when I was like, oh, this is like a 10. And I didn't know it was coming down <laughs> yeah, the pipe. No you know what I mean? I had no <laughs> idea what I was comparing it to. So that's it's. uh I don't usually have that. Usually my experience with shows is opposite of that. Usually shows start out so strong mm-hmm. or by season two, they get really good and then they go downhill. But this is like the opposite. This is like really, I mean, I can't, I can't speak beyond episode four of season four, but up to that point, I'm really invested and I, and I feel like they know how to, ch- so one of my chief complaints, I remember when we did towards what I was explaining, how I hated how they completely changed the format of the show from season two to three, uh, yeah. even though a lot of people like season three, um, just because it was like a weird change up. Something sort of similar happens occasionally on Babylon five where the show changes how it does things a little bit, but it feels like a natural outgrowth of all the stuff they've built on. And it feels almost necessary. Not like it's a, well, we're going to radically change the show because we need to change the structure so that we can yeah. remain hip or we can remain. No, it's, it's about the story. And, and I think what's working about this show is, I mean, it is a show that's a product of its time, but it's not, it's not, um, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of the stuff works well years later still. So they're doing something right. They're not, you know, some shows you go back and watch them from, from a period and, and you're like, well, this was good in that time, but it's, it, it's so beholden to all of the, the fashions from that era and all of the sort of, you know, like, like, you know, whatever 10 things people thought made a show good, 
that's what they did at the time. Yeah. And this show, yeah. it does some of those things that people thought, but it also, you can tell that, uh, that Straczynski has his own ideas that are more than what was in the ether in the nineties. And so, yeah, it felt, it felt weirdly out of place in a lot of ways at the time. So it, it is, it, it is because it wasn't fashionable when it was on it. Mm-hmm. It, it, that, that does give it a certain timelessness, even though you say it, there are a lot of elements that yeah. are very much feel like 80s, 90s yeah, TV. Like Robert, like, Englund, Robert Englund is, is you know, that that is a, you know, that's a marker of, of the age that this was made. Um, and, yeah. and some of the stuff with religion, you know, some of the way they're talking, I can sort of remember that some of that stuff being in the air at the time. Um, but but I think that even that stuff is getting used in such interesting ways. Um, so... So yeah, so and 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 also the Delenn and the Sheridan thing. This episode, they seem to be yes. really. Uh, my note about them is that they are so happy. So things can only go downhill from here. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. This is the one, uh, the one, one where the White Star Fleet is revealed at the end of the episode, and they kiss for the first time. So that was the uh, the other plot thread going through there, and. Uh, yeah, so now, but they do have a, a whole fleet. They're ready to ready to fight. Nothing. I don't know. It looks like nothing can go wrong to me, Brendan. I think <laughs> everything everything is smooth sailing from here on. But I expect the shadow war. The rest is just epilogue. You know, that's yeah, that's it. right. The shadow war I see being wrapped up in the next episode, and and then you know everything will be good. So, <laughs> so I am going to end it here because I'm unfortunately on a big time crunch today and I have to sure. get time to, uh, to get the episode together. But uh, uh, but yeah, so we'll be back on very soon with the, the – the, I think there's two more episodes this season. I think it's two or three. I can't remember. And, uh, and then we'll get into season four and – I, I have a feeling we're going to go through season four very quickly. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all right, so it's a quick one. So we will we will be back on. Ne- oh, next week we're going to do House of Traps for our Wusha show on uh, Thursday, and then uh, we'll be- get back to the normal Friday time podcast. And uh, until then, we'll talk to you later.